let's listen to our um, a podcast right before this. It's our first episode to the series about just the fact that it's time to move on and it's okay to move on. But we are here talking about marinating in the interview process. And that's what this episode is all about, is making sure you're prepared, you're ready, and before you hit apply, you have all your ducks in a row. Absolutely. So you don't want to just dive in first and just think you're going to just apply for a position and then get the interview. No, you have to prepare just like we are kind of like making this cooking analogy. Like it's really an art. It's really an art. You really have to make sure you're you're finely and precisely getting all of your things, your ingredients, if you will, um, prepared so that, you know, when you all when you bring it all together, you have a lot of nutrients and sustenance to present to who you are um, looking to be employed by. So let's do some little backstory. So there's this word called marinate, and it's basically you marinate meat. Yeah. But one of the things that when I became friends with Jay, she used to think, oh, let's marinate on. And I've seen her use it with her children, too, where she's like, marinate, marinate. And it's just kind of like when you're sitting and you're thinking about it, you're like, let's marinate on this decision so we can make the best decision for us. Mm -hmm. And it was such a good thing. So now we use it as kind of a joke of like, let's marinate, let's marinate, let's marinate. Because I use it so often. (laughs) You do. It's really funny. But I think it's a really good analogy to know that, you know, when you're thinking about such a big decision of like finding a new job, it's such a grand decision. You have to marinate it. You have to decide what you're going to do. Pick your school district, pick your position you want to do you have to get do all the preparation and once you prepare yourself then you have all your ducks in a row like for instance you put your before you apply before you apply you need to upload your resume and your cover letter and get all your documents your ducks in a row and put them on your drive mm-hmm. put them on your desktop on your computer because you have to apply online anyway Yeah, you have to make sure all of your, you know, your letters of recommendation are updated. Um, I find, you know, sometimes I just like toss the letters away because I always need new ones anyway. Like the old ones are, are, you know, too outdated in some cases, especially if you're in a position for an extended period of time, like, Mm -hmm. you know, four or five years. Um, And uh, Trisha Lynn you know, reminded me that the, you know, magic number is three. You want to get at least three recommendations. From admin, like supervisors. People who have seen you in action are doing, that you have worked with. Um, A team member is not a bad idea because usually they have worked with you at a team level, and that's actually a really good recommendation to have so they can see that you are a good team member. No matter what, they're going to call your old boss. Three is the magic number, so always ask three people to four people to write you a letter of recommendation so you can really get some good um, recommendations. I'm glad you mentioned four because sometimes that the three people that you may rely on the most or may um, believe that you may, you know, get a good recommendation on your behalf. Sometimes, you know, life, you know, throws us curves, balls, and and so... It's good to have someone on the backup to, mm-hmm. um, you know, just in case if anything comes up, um, you have at least that 
that magic number three. And just make sure that all you have the addresses all to every place you've worked at. You have the people, your boss information, their phone number, their email. Everything's written down. So when you do apply, which is most districts' applications are lengthy mm-hmm. and time-consuming. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I've learned, if you want to try, is if you get a free subscription to Canva.com, there's docs on them, and you could do resumes on there. You do a cover letter on Canva. She's dropping a lot of names. We're not being sponsored by any, any of these people, but Trisha just really loves education, and she likes to, like, get good resources out to people. So just to make that a disclaimer. Dis- no, no, no. I just like Canva. I use it all the time. Moving, kind of, kind of jumping after, right? After yeah. you apply, of course you're getting ready for the interview. So at the moment you hit submit on that application, you are that's your next job essentially is is preparing for that conversation with that school site with that district about what makes you um, you know the best. Yeah, what makes you the best candidate for the position. So again, research, you know, being prepared with the knowledge of the school. Um, if it's an in-person interview, which that's changed quite a bit since COVID, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of phone call interviews, a lot of video call interviews nowadays. But if you are in a position where you are in a video or in-person interview, interview, make sure you are, you know, dressing appropriately. I think at this point we shouldn't have to tell you know professionals to dress appropriately, but oh, I've never seen know. some. You never I've know. seen some outfits. I've seen them. They're not pretty. They're short. Uh, And they work with middle school. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a no-no. But so do your research. Make sure that you, and whatever, when you land that interview, awesome. But then you need to go to that site and that district and kind of research and do your research. If it's on the web, you should know about it. If it's on Facebook, you should know about it. So... On that note, you can practice, you know, get yourself together, practice, making sure yourself, you know, you have lots of team members and lots of people that you can interview with and practice with it. You know, TikTok has a lot of advice too, FYI. We're not being sponsored by TikTok, by the way. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just, she's dropping names, y'all. Oh my goodness. Well, I went on TikTok and I went, interview questions. And I got like a <laughs> slew of them. I was like, ooh, I'm doing that. <laughs> so speaking of interview questions, um, I, I, as Patricia and I, you know, went through this brainstorming this um, particular um, podcast, uh, we talked about how the interview questions for school counselors and teachers are often different, different. because the goals are often different. So um, when when I'm in an interview. Um, essentially, your your employer, based on especially the area that you're um, in, interviewing for, you want to keep in mind that you know you've worked with a diverse group of of people and a diverse group of of students, um, because the more you have experiences with diverse populations, the more you can speak to the experiences and the cultural nuances um, that your work. Um, supports. Um, in addition to that, of course, different age groups. Um, I'm certified um, as a pre-K-12 school counselor. 
Um, so that doesn't really limit me um, in any way. Uh, but at the same time, if you've had experiences primarily in the high school field or the high school age groups, um, you might want to consider doing some volunteer um, work or some part-time work with, um, you know, groups of individuals you haven't before. Um, normally, you'll also hear from school counselor interviews your philosophy on either education or um, how you approach students or families. Um, so, question. How would you answer that question? Um, as a school counselor who, um, I, I mean, I, I was taught under, like, the different counseling approaches, um, the, like the, theory, the theoretical frameworks of different counts, counseling um, concepts. Honestly, they're, most of them are not culturally, culturally sound, especially for today's world. So I am very student-focused, um, student-centered, and needs-based. And so essentially, um, I'm, I'm assessing the well-being of my students, but also assessing um, the, their, their, their adapting, their ability to, to adapt to their um, environment on a daily basis. So it's just depending on their needs, really, and creating that positive, supportive environment. And so what are you going to do that's above and beyond um, that's supporting those um, initiatives? Um, as well as communicating with, you know, teachers and um, collaborating with parents and, and different stakeholders, that is another piece that's going to be really important for a school counselor interview. Um, and essentially, you, you want to speak from your heart. Um, a lot of the reasons why, and we've already had that conversation of our why, um, the reason why we do what we do um, that's going to be a part of that conversation mm -hmm. is, you know, what drew you to this work? Because it's not meant for everyone. The school counselor educator field, mm -hmm. it's not meant for everyone. So what's kept you in it this long and what's keeping you in it moving forward, which will always be our students. So, mm -hmm. you know, being prepared for those responses, but also being authentic in what you're saying. So, yeah. And the teaching world is completely different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you just have to know, like, your experiences as a teacher and how, you know, how you duct yourself in the classroom. Because you're in that classroom from, you know, morning to afternoon. And you have them all day. So you have to have tons of methods of engaging your students and what you're going to do to handle challenging behaviors before you call a school counselor. <laughs> <laughs> Before you need resources like the school counselor or behavior coach, what are you going to do in your classroom to ensure the challenges of behavior, the behaviors in your classroom are being met? And so those are the questions I have been asked in several times. And you want to ensure that all students are being accessed to a quality education. One of the things is, is how do you... Um, conduct small group and data what do you use how do you use data where do you use data and strategies to assess your kids your your students and what do you do with when you assess what do you do i'm sorry just to interrupt just to add 
I think data speaks volumes in any uh, profession. That any you're in. profession. So if you can add in, I mean, in any profession, data is going to speak volumes to your profession. If you can show growth and you can tell any interviewer that you're who's interviewed, especially with children, that you show growth and with with the counseling or with education itself, academics or social emotional learning, if there's growth in your data, if there's growth that you can show or talk about, that is powerful information. Because how much a kid is low or high in between, if you can continue to get that kid to grow, that child to grow within then their own strength and weaknesses, man, powerful. Powerful. And so then you have to talk about what you believe your teaching is. Who are you as a teacher? Um, your strengths, your weaknesses, how do you handle parents, how do you communicate with parents, what are you going to do to communicate with them during parent-teacher conferences, like all those things come into play. But lastly, you have to know your specialties. What are you good at? For me, I have a reading degree, so therefore I have lots of like specialties in reading. I also have a lot of skills in teaching English language learners. So those are my specialties. Those are what I do the best. But, and currently in my interviews, those are my back burner. What I'm putting forward is kindergarten because that's what I want. I want kindergarten. I went to this, all my job interviews, I only wanted kindergarten. And because that's where my heart is, it's where my niche is, it's kindergarten. So when I was in my interviews, all I talked about is reading, math, engagement, went straight into kindergarten. I brought it back straight into kindergarten. I talked about kindergarten constantly. And because of that, I landed a job. Woohoo! So there you go. I'm not saying this because I don't know what I'm talking about. These are the questions that were asked just recently. And some of the questions that I would ask... In return, so at the very end of the interview, don't forget, they ask you the question. Do you have any questions for us? So what kind of questions would you ask, Jess? Um, I always like to ask um, uh, specific uh, other duties as assigned questions. Because um, in, in my field, school counselors are often used for extra duty assignments and and um, yeah and and just place holders in some aspects Specials. yes and so um <laughs> that's that's what i'm looking forward to in my conversations with employers um is what am i expected to do in my daily tasks i think that was one that we you know talked about earlier um but also you know what are we doing as far as you know staff culture how are our staff members being supported, um, you know, throughout, throughout not even our school, but throughout our district? Um, but also, I think now more than ever for me is, um, you know, how am I, you know, what are, some, what are some best ways to communicate with my administration? Um, mm. Because um, I think from the very beginning of my career, that's all, what I've expected my interactions to be with my administrators is very closely collaborating throughout the school year. Now, was that the reality? Not in a lot of cool. cases, um, but that's what I'm, I'm, I'm looking for moving forward and making that part of the conversation. And yeah. if it's not aligning, it's not for me. 
And that's the biggest thing is you asking these hard questions to the school site because you want to align your person with theirs. And if it doesn't align, you need to walk away because then you're going to be in the same boat that you are currently. So one of the things that I really hit hard is I talked about what I can bring to the table. And you and Jess and me, Jay, please forgive me. It's okay. (laughs) Um, All of us are very, very professional people, and we need to know that we are professional people. And we have a lot to bring to the site, to the community, to wherever we go. And we need to hold it, and we need to be powerful, like proud of it. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Everyone, um, I hope all of our listeners know that, you know, the idea of being professional and um, and looking for these interviews and and presenting your best self does not always have to look like the next person next to you. Um, be your authentic self. Um, give them your personality. Give them your backstory because that will give them the best idea of um, what how you will fit in their um, niche and how they're you're and how you're going to fit into their culture. So give them your best and um, you know be authentic to yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree with that one hundred percent. Because you know you could go in that interview thinking, oh, I bombed it. That's how I felt. And then you land the job and you're like, oh my god, I must have did a really good job. And then walking through with the questions I had and what I said to them you know what? I think I would hire me too. (laughs) And with that being said, good luck to all who are moving on to that new chapter in their lives and getting into the interview process. I know I have done one. Clearly, Trisha's knocked one out of the park and (laughs) has already got herself an offer. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about your, your journey and you know, yeah. we'll keep each other updated because, you, you know, have, we're friends. If you have any questions or have any need an advice, DM us on Instagram or Facebook. We're all the, always here to lend a ear. I'm also on TikTok. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful week.